Hello. Hey, y'all. Hey. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> Back at it again. And you love to see it. We are here. This Woo. is episode 10. Yes. Episode 10. Why do you think we were at 11? I did too. I, I just can't count. I got up this morning. It's like, is Isn't it that episode weird? 11? Like, if we're wrong, I I'm sorry. We episode 11. I thought this was episode 11 too. Um, no, you're right. It is 10. I only know it's 10 it's because 10. I looked at the note. But anyway, y'all, we're here again. I'm Drika. And I'm Av. And this is I'm Not Ready. We talk about our lives in this tumultuous time, trying to live in a world we may <laughs> never be ready uh, may never be ready for, but you know, we're gonna do it, and we're gonna do it well. Damn it, do the best that we can with the skills and attributes that we have. <laughs> yes, because oh man, strength of the good lord. Because let me tell you, <laughs> it's really crazy. Because it's like we really wake up every day, and it's like it. It's actually very funny because we came up with this podcast idea of like. In a world we may never be prepared for, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, literally every day, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it. <laughs> Open an app or you see the news and you're like, what is happening? Like, mm-hmm. I, there's no way I could have seen in the foreseeable future that I would have been prepared for any of this stuff happening right. at the moment. And I don't know if I'm ready for anything that's going to be happening in the future. But that's okay, because that's why we're here. Uh, how are you feeling, sis? What were you not ready for? Are you not ready for? I'm not ready for my boyfriend to walk into the room. Oh, he's a so, parent. Hey, friend. Hey, birthday boy. I mean, he don't hear me, but just want to shout out. Yes, uh, Leo is showing himself. Yo, I'm not going to lie. We talk shit about Leos, but Leos are great. It's Leo's season. My Leo placements are saying, uh, like, the Leo jumped out of me yesterday. <laughs> we have similar Leo placements, though. That's we do. Deal. Well, we only have the moon. I mean, well, we just have a similar chart, right? first of all. So let's start there. But uh right, yeah, but... one of my best friends, her birthday um was Thursday, and super happy that her gift got to her on time. Shout out to the guy at UPS. Mm-hmm. Um, you know she she I was like, what do you want for your birthday? And she was like, well, um, I need home decor, so send me your favorite picture oh, yes. of us framed. And you know me. Oh, oh yeah, I'm extra. Mm-hmm. Yes, so. I will. What I did was I got a talking (laughs) photo frame. And so I put this picture of us that I really like from college in there. And then I included others in case she wanted to change it. The picture I wanted to frame blew up, but it wasn't a good resolution. Um, So you have to press the photo frame to get it to play. And so on her card, I had to say, P.S., press the photo frame because you wouldn't know looking at it that it talked. So mm-hmm. when you press it, right. it plays Act Up by City Girls. <laughs> it's like of the very beginning of Wayne's Red Last Bitch. Give a fuck about a nigga. Like, it's perfect. Vote by the nigga. Five, 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 six, yes. Eight. Yes. Eight. So it's great. Um, and then I also got her a talking card. Um, <laughs> she wasn't expecting Everything just has to talk, apparently. Listen, <laughs> because our energy and the friendship and the love that we have, the sisterhood we have just speaks. So everything else. Oh my God. But not, it was great. This is the friend in New York, right? Yeah, she loved it. She texted me and she was like, yeah, Yeah. no, I'm fully crying. And I was like, oh, that's really sweet. Doug, if this one thing about me, I'll get you in your feelings. I am very much a sentimental person. 
Like, I know I'm extra uh, and I can't be materialistic, but my biggest thing is the sentiment. Like, feelings bad. are, like, the number one. But no, her mom decorated her apartment. She had a great time. She's a Leo. My nephew, what I wasn't ready for, for real, my oldest nephew turned 16 yesterday. And when I tell yeah. y'all, like, I feel old. Like, oh. 16? Like, no, he can literally. drive now. Like, in two years, he'll That's... be 18. Like, despite the fact that he already towers over me, mind y'all, I'm average height. I'm 5'5". Five five. I am not short. I mean, technically, right. the height for, like, women now is, like, 5'6", so I'm technically short. 5'7", um, I was about to say. Shit. Well, I'm That's not short, short. Like, <laughs> people who look at me wouldn't call me short. They'd say, oh, she's average height. So, I'm not short. It's not like I'm five foot even, or 4'11". Like, right. I'm average height and he already sees over me his voice has gotten deep like I mean it was so crazy and so I called him yesterday and I was like happy birthday I was like I love you and I'm like you know lamenting him and telling him how great of a nephew is and how proud I am and how much I love Mm -hmm. him um and it's just like crazy because it's like I remember when I held him as a baby for the first time and we're not going to get into that because that would make me cry but Oh, oh my gosh. Actually, no, we can go there. I <laughs> promise I won't cry. But it's crazy. Like, being an aunt is honestly one of my favorite things. Like, one of my favorite things we call mm-hmm. this auntie. Like, I have quite a few nieces and nephews. And, like, I love that they feel like they can rely on me and ask me for things. And that I'll be there for them. Like, getting to be a constant in a life is so important. And, like, I really value being an aunt. Like, I remember I was 10 when my nephew was born. I was so pissed because I couldn't be at the hospital when he was born. Like, oh. I was mad because, like, I wanted to be there. I was like, I need to be there when he gets here. Like, I need to be there. I need to see him. And I was swiftly denied. So I first saw him when he was two days old. And I remember holding him. And he just had these beautiful, big brown eyes. And that's when I think for the first time in my life, I really knew what it felt like to love somebody, like to truly love somebody mm. and something. And it was just like, I, I te- technically I was like nine, because he's 16 and I'm 25 right now. Yeah, so it's technically nine right. going on 10. But like that moment just changed my whole life. Like, mm. it just, yeah, um, maybe do that. Ba- like, I'm not exactly like literally that is is second to none like because I can pick him up spoil him and give him back like I can be right you know literally and you you get to be there so I don't have to be strict like his parents but I get to be somebody that he can rely on and confide in and go to with his problems and you know I have very few rules you know be good in school listen to your parents, get good grades, right. you know, be honest, don't waste food if you can help it. Like, that's the, that, that's my biggest <laughs> Like, that, I, I really right. don't ask for much, so he'll call me. Hey, Auntie Drika, what do you want? Uh, report cards came. Uh-huh, what were your grades? Because he knows. Exactly. Knows. But no, that's really what I wasn't ready for. It's like, I can't even imagine what being a parent is like because being an aunt is already oh, just. Yeah. I I would not trade this experience for anything in life. I absolutely love it. No, I totally agree. Um, 
I do have a few things I'm not ready for, but bouncing off the baby stuff, it is very strange how like even as you age, like your whole sentiment about babies change too. Mm-hmm. Cause like for me, I was deaf. I'm not I'm not the type of woman that is very innately nurturing per se. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't necessarily like, oh, like, you know, like how babies would like play with dolls and stuff and be like super nurturing with Mm -hmm. that. And then as you grow, you like imagine yourself with a family and all that stuff. That wasn't necessarily something that hit me to be like, yeah, this is something that I want or like that naturally came to me off rip. But I definitely feel like as I've gotten older, mm-hmm. I feel like I've just softened up a little bit. Like I've become a little sap when it comes to like babies and stuff. I'm not super comfortable with them yet still. Like <laughs> I think it's more of <laughs> I see you being the person it's... to hold the baby, like, oh my God, what is it doing? <laughs> like, am I doing it right? Like I'm definitely that type of person. Yeah. But mainly because I'm scared. Because like babies are so fragile and like there's so much power in being a parent or being an influence in a baby's life that it freaks me the fuck out. I was going to but... say, girl, babies are <laughs> fragile, but that's on purpose. Like, they literally have, like, right. more bones than we do. Like, they fuse, they're fine. Right. Well, I didn't necessarily mean fragile as in, like, physically, like, I'm going to drop the kid, but, like, uh, I was going to say, like, like emotional, like, being yeah. with a kid and, like, for someone to also, like, you know, place their trust in you as like a guardian or as someone that mm-hmm. would see over this kid as well because you know it takes a community to build a baby and whatever that thing is to raise a family whatever mm-hmm. but <laughs> it takes a village you know, takes to raise a, a child there you go it takes it takes a lot and it's very like sentimental <laughs> in such a way and like even right now like I've never had a friend who's had a baby like my siblings are also fairly young so none of them have kids either mm-hmm. um but even my friend right now, she's pregnant and like we'll be in the chat like with my other friends and we'll be talking about stuff and then she'll like send pictures of like the um sonograph or the, you know the yeah and I literally started bawling like <laughs> like I had never for some reason like just seeing her pregnant and she's not even like well, she's a very close friend of mine. Like, I would consider, like, a very close friend. But she was just seeing that she's, like, involving me in this process. And, like, she's like, yeah, look at the pictures. Like, we have a baby shower. I'm like, I'm going to see your child. Like, a living <laughs> baby. That I will yeah. be a part of its life. Like, that's so crazy to me. Like, I fully started bawling. And I was like, you know what? Maybe this baby stuff isn't as scary as I thought, you know? But yeah, yeah, babies are very magical, very much changing your life. About being old, yeah. So my Leo boyfriend, as I was just talking about earlier, he turned 23. And obviously I'm turning 23 in like a couple months. The way it's so crazy how age works, like you literally just keep going. Like your mental Um, state (laughs) just stays the same and your body is just like, yeah, I mean, 23 now, babe, like. If you were expecting something else, I don't know what to tell you, but, like, now you're 23. 24 is right around the corner. 25 is right down the street. Like, it's a lot. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that your your mind definitely still changes. I think the thing is, we just don't develop at the same speed. Like, I, right. I think when we're younger, like, from the time that we're born into our, like, early to mid-20s, I really think it's more of, like, a we're getting, like, breadth inexperience mm-hmm. and in, in, right. in, in life and I think once we hit our mid-20s and even for some of us once we're in our teens depending on how we grew up we start right. to get that depth so like now mm-hmm. we have breath and I think that's right. the thing and then our bodies change like right. I until we're 30 and let me tell y'all 
again, I'm a little plush, but I'm cute. Like, I'm very cute. I look good. So when I peek it, does look good at 30? You ain't gonna be able to tell me shit. And I mean, I don't necessarily, like, I just had to throw it No, I totally agree. I mean, I don't think I'm necessarily afraid of getting older. It was actually really funny. I was literally just watching a video of someone who turned 30 and she was just like having a get ready with me and like talking about her life or whatever. And it's so crazy that she was even saying, she was like, I'm 30 years old and like my friends will be like, I'm pregnant or having kids and stuff. And I still be like, ooh, you're pregnant. And it's like, no, that's what we do. Like we're 30 now, that's normal. Like. It's like that yeah. conscious thing that happens where you like have to like start check like catching up mentally almost and you're I like, mean, Oh, I'm twenty-three now. Like I can do certain things and it's like not an issue. And I think for like as a child before, like you would hit certain milestones or like certain coming of age like markers that it would be mm-hmm. like, Oh, okay, like I'm doing this now I'm sixteen, now I know I can do this, or like I started driving, I know I'm this age, I can start doing this, or I went off to college, I know I'm doing this, I'm doing that, you know? And, like, mm-hmm. I feel like once you really, I mean, for most people that have a graduating experience, I feel like once you graduate, all those, like, little landmarks that were very, like, solid when you were younger start getting very blurry once you mm-hmm. hit that point. Because then you're just, like, you're just still going and you're hitting points, but then you're just, like, okay, like, I still feel young, but I'm still making, like, adult decisions, but, like, I still can't do certain things yet. It's, it's very nebulous, very messy for everybody but mm-hmm. it's just very interesting to see like once you pass like 21 it's like oh everything kind of just, just have to do stuff to catch up with it yeah I mean I think that part of that is because uh, I think I don't I, I mean I, I haven't grown up in any other country so I can't say but I think part of it is how our culture is and how we are and how our parents raise us in the culture around things because for sure like, everybody's so excited for 21 because you can drink mind you most of right. us drink well before 21 well but before <laughs> now I, I can go by my own and I can go out and it's like right. that's when I think in the U.S. people hopefully really like slow down binge drinking because they can casually drink or socially drink like you can go to dinner with your right. family at a restaurant and if your parents have wine, you can get a little cocktail, you can get whatever, you can go to brunch, right. like, you can do these things where alcohol is a part of it that's just a little sprinkle of enhancement, like, if that, right. or something you enjoy, or you can have a glass of wine after work, but the difference is that when you're younger, you know, you are just like, well, I can't do this, so the only time you're drinking is the weekend, or in college, and you're at a party, and you go, but you don't know, so I, all that to say that I think the real like thing and the reason it feels different is when we get older is because of the culture around certain things and For sure. I think that the milestones just change but the difference when we right. get older is that nobody's keeping us from them so right. it's like and I it's, think... it's self-paced like for example right when you turn 26 that's it, it's not like oh this is the year I get dropped off my parents insurance like right see? or when you turn 32 is it it's you're not like oh now I can go run for president well right that's all I was saying I was like once once you hit like 21 I feel like there's no yeah specific coming of age marker that other people are also keeping in track of yeah you know? no no like, I was people definitely are like, 
yeah, yeah for sure I that's what I mean I definitely get what you're saying like when you're 10 you're like oh 10 years old like 16 okay 16 okay 18 no. you're an adult 21 you can drink once you hit 21 it's like whenever you do all the other stuff that's just when it happens you yep. know and that's different for everybody and I think that's why like it's so strange because once you hit a certain point you're just like oh shit like no one's really like keeping track of what I do anymore I just have to do whatever I want to do in whatever time frame I feel like doing it you know Right. So I think that's what's, um, it's really cool, but also kind of new for me, at least only because mm-hmm. I recently just got into like my mid or twenties. Like now since I'm pushing 23, it's like, oh, like pushing it really gets so important. Pushing 23. I'm almost there. But now that I'm like really sitting and thinking about it, it's really like, you kind of just go. Like, you just keep doing whatever you're doing as much as you want to do it. Like, once you stop doing something, it's not like other people are going to be like, what are you doing? Like, if you decide to go buy a car tomorrow or if I decide to go buy a car three years from now, no one's going to be checking me about that, you know? Mm -hmm. As opposed to, like, when you're, like, younger, you're 16, 18, 21, it's like, okay, certain things you're doing at those ages are, like, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Like, you're supposed to be graduating high school here. You're supposed to be graduating college here. You know, it's different for everybody, but... I think that was just really interesting to see like when I'm looking at him like hit 23 and all he's done up until this point it's just like whoa that's really crazy because when I hit 23 I'm going to be having a very completely different experience for him and that is okay right but yeah that's really cool um what was another thing I wasn't ready for uh it was oh yes so randomly this is actually a really short thing but it's really really cute so I randomly got a letter from FedEx and I didn't order anything. It was completely random, right? Mm-hmm. I open it and it was a check. Now you thought, <laughs> I was looking at that check and I was like, wait oh, a minute, <laughs> did I just get some money? <laughs> Turns out it's an old check. So I had already used, it was like one of my refund checks from before. So I had already used the money and like I sent in the check, but I did it um, virtually through my app. So I didn't actually have to like take it to the bank. Mm-hmm. So probably what had happened was I had it in my car and it like fell on my car or whatever. But the fact that someone went out of their way to sign a little note saying, I think you dropped this in this parking lot. I hope you this gets to you. And then like put it and look, took their butt to FedEx and shipped it to me. I just thought that was so sweet. That is really like, thoughtful. Right. I wish it was a check that I was actually looking for, but okay. <laughs> and that wasn't you. Stuff but like I that think that's just so, so crazy. nice. Right. Cause it's just like it's effort. Yes. From a stranger, a complete stranger. It's not like someone knew me and then did that. They literally just went out of their way to do it. And yeah. I thought that was really cool. I hope that maybe that means that a good day. I hope they are too. Because maybe that means that not everybody is shitty. So Yeah. <laughs> that's a good thing. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, was there anything else I wasn't ready for? I mean, we can get into the dragging of what we weren't ready for Twitter-wise because... Well, before that, one thing I wasn't ready for. So, yesterday, my boyfriend and I had a picnic in the park. And And she served. She served. Thank you, girl. You better scroll down or wherever the bio is. (laughs) Go to the Insta and check her out because she served. A full meal. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I did. I didn't even go for it. I did. Um, And like, honestly, quarantine. Well, before that, it was really nice to be in nature. Like, I, Mm. I can't remember the last time I sat in a park. And the way that I just felt peaceful and calm and just 
I felt really human. Like mm. it was it was just beautiful. It was a beautiful day. It was like 83 degrees, but we found a spot like under some trees where there was shade. Um and I looked like a zoo because I had on leopard yesterday. Get into it. But the blanket we were sitting on was zebra. <laughs> so I had a zebra blanket in my chest. Mm, clashing patterns and everything. <laughs> listen. Listen. But anyway, so yeah, that. But quarantine has really taken its toll on me because I haven't had to leave the house. So like I just got my hair braided. Um, because I was tired of dealing with it but it's been very hard because I've been in a situation where it's first of all quarantine is terrible for your depression but like facts I finally felt like myself Mm. and that's really what it was because I I like to look good like I am very much a person that if I'm going out, I don't like going out even without earrings. I don't care if I'm going to the grocery store. I'm putting on earrings. Like, I want my hair done. I want to look nice. Um, right. When I'm getting, when I'm doing my nails, because I, I go back and forth. I love my natural nails and I think they're beautiful. Um, but I love my acrylics. So if it's a time where I'm, I'm not giving my nails a break, my acrylics are done every two weeks. I don't play about it. My toes are done. When the polish chips, ooh, pedicure time. Like, I I like to look good. Like, I, I, I value that. Facts, and you should. And There's nothing wrong with looking good. Quarantine hey. has just really, you know, it's been hard because if you don't have anywhere to go and you're in a house all day, like, yeah, I'll still shower, put on my little clothes. I'll look decent. But right. I had on my little door knockers and all, I love it. That's what the earrings are. Don't lie to me. I know, I know. <laughs> That's why I tried not to laugh. But, you <laughs> but, know, I finally felt like myself. I put some lashes on, a little brow, come some on. lip gloss. Like, that's it. Like, very right. basic. But also, my skin right. was popping because I've been using SPF. Like, y'all, you, sunscreen is your friend, okay? I know that no, we're that not, I... y'all. I know that, 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 you know, our skin is gold and all this good. It is. It is. But you need sunscreen. No, dead ass. My black ass. As brown and dark as I am. And I'm a very deep shade of brown. It's beautiful. Put your sunscreen. I promise you, your ass will still burn. Like, you burn? I've been peeling for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Atlantic City and played myself, Mo. Like, I've Girl. been peeling for weeks. Oh, she called us Mo. Literally, every, oh, time I step, <laughs> every time I step out this house, I'm putting sunscreen on. I'm not playing no more. Yeah, no, I did the, um, I do the, the Neutrogena water gel sunscreen, y'all, it is black and brown girl and black and brown boy and black and brown being friendly. And Neutrogena again, we're not sponsoring you again, this is the last time we're bringing it up, only because. But listen, that, (laughs) it's it's funny, because I don't want us out here looking like ghosts, I don't want to look ashy, I don't want you to think I'm sick after I put on sunscreen, okay, but. I'm just saying, y'all, if we, we bring it up again, we're going to need some sponsorship, nope. okay? Plug it to Neutrogena, thank you. But yes, I also have another update. Yeah, so. I have a, a Telfar update from Telfar. Thank you for supporting that episode. <laughs> but I have an Ooh. update, because I got an email. So, anybody else that yes. ordered an email would have probably, I mean, ordered a bag that day, would have also got an email about basically means no. my bag is going to get delayed. So... 
Yes. Oh, but delay does, does not mean, mean denied. denied. Even Amen. though I had a fit plan for my birthday, we're gonna pray that it comes later in September. And he Listen. said the email said that if I wanted to cancel my order, I could. But if I didn't want to cancel and I still want my bag later than October. So since my birthday is right before October, we're going to hope and pray that it gets before October because I have a whole brown fit plan for my birthday and I wanted to rock myself far with it. So we're going to hope. Darn. We're going to hope. You already have your birthday fit plan, oh, yes. girl? I, I don't. First of all, I, I've gotten emails from Sony Saturday like, oh, shipping is delayed for our manufacturer. But I'm, I'm going to have to email somebody because I'm still waiting on my bag. Do you know how bad, you know how good I would have looked with that yesterday with my leopard fit? True. That you fake like this. I was mad. I was like, oh, this is peak Drika energy. That's... Peak me. Like, I can see it. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I was sad. I was like, no. Nah, it's definitely, but again, yeah, those delays. COVID is not letting up on nobody. Damn. But you know what's really going to be peak me when we hit this pumpkin patch in the fall? Oh, period. But I love pumpkins. I went to like, a pumpkin patch last year. There's this one near, um, I mean, you're not too familiar with Maryland, but there's one about towards Baltimore. So maybe like 10 or 15 minutes mm-hmm. away from there. And it was like yeah. a whole pumpkin patch with a maze in it. And the maze was huge. Like, it's so nice. Like, because I took my boyfriend there, and my boyfriend's like the type where he's like, I don't want to do this head-ass shit. But then when we go, he was the main one eating it up, getting the most invested in the pumpkin patch. I'm like, all right, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I see that happening. I see that. I see him like kind of like rolling his eyes. Like, all right, I guess we'll go since she won't right. go. And then Philip being like, no, we got to go this Dog. way to get out the maze. <laughs> Because it had, like, little points where you can, like, punch the, puncture the hole so you can get to each number. He was the main one, like, we've already been here. We're supposed to go this way. We're supposed to go left. I was like, nigga. I see it. <laughs> I totally see like, it. This, now this has turned into a whole adventure for you. <laughs> like, you didn't even want to be mm-hmm. here. But, mm-hmm. yes, he's definitely that type. But, yeah, it's super fun. Fall time I love. I love the fall. I get a little sentimental towards the fall. My birthday's in the fall. A lot of... My birthday's in the fall. A lot of, like... I feel like a lot of rebirth happens in the fall. I don't know. Something like about the the weather changing and everything. It feels really like rejuvenating. You know? Girl, we love it. You know, fall fashion is my favorite because it's not too cold. So you can still get away with a little midriff and a boot or like a jacket and a bomber. Like the fall, the tones. I am a sucker for some olive green. Yep. For a burgundy, a maroon. Like, there was one point when my boyfriend told me, he was like, you don't need any more maroon clothes. He was like, I'm not buying you anything maroon. Don't, like, I would be like, oh, what about this? No. In a different color. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he was sick of it. I um, totally get that. That's literally me as well. And it just, earth tones in the fall, the way it smells. Yes. The way it feels. Like, the fall is just like, oh, I'm in my bed. Yes. Like, and, like, something about, like, the end of September transitioning into like Halloween and like Thanksgiving, like Girl. that time between the beginning of September. I'm gonna let y'all know and right Thanksgiving now, fire. Every single episode we have in the month of October, I'm acting up. Oh God, yeah, prepare for that. I'm letting you know it's OVO season. <laughs> Period. As long as it's <laughs> like, after my birthday, so September you will be fine, y'all. Please enjoy the calmness of September before October rolls around. Listen, ain't nothing coming about me because I'm worth 
all the hype, every ounce of it. Girl. Period. And if you heard different, argue with your mother. Girl. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I ain't gonna say all of that. I mean, you know what it is, but I mean, the cash app will be below in September. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Listen, hey, I heard that. Um, if y'all interested, you know where to find me at the bottom. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, speaking of, this is the first of the month. Well, the first podcast of the month. So we are going to have some different links below, Ooh. around, up, somewhere. Yes. We are going to have our different links so that you can see uh, what to support and what to donate and which causes we'll be boosting on our uh, platform. Right. Um, as always, Black Lives Matter, Trans Lives Matter. Um, however, we just want to take the time each month to highlight different organizations and grassroots places and give you all a chance to, if you have spare coin or thoughts, prayers, or things that you want to do, or ways you want to get involved, we want to make sure that we can help yes. you uh, take care of those and things. And it's super important, just because we're, like, a small, like, startup kind of thing, doesn't mean that we can't use our platform, because, you know, we have Period. 30 followers on Twitter. Oh, hello. Yes. Hello. Hey, all 30, We've y'all. been here for how many months? Two? And we already have 30 people living it? Come on. That's, Listen. that's influence, baby. So what we can do is yep. just put our little bit of plugs in there, a little bit of awareness and you know spread all the love and joy that we can you know so do you have anything because I have stuff I look stuff up you have stuff that's great I'll um I'll see I don't think I have anything okay but uh so for August what I looked up was that it was National Wellness Month that's what August is so August is National Wellness Month focuses on self-care managing stress and promoting healthy routines and baby you know we need that Yes. We need that right now. Yes. Create wholesome yes, habits do. in your lifestyle all month long and see how much better you feel. Research shows that self-care helps manage stress and promotes happiness. So what I will do is I will link the article down below. So it's not necessarily an organization or a grassroots thing at the moment, but it's still good that you need to help your own well-being. So it's there and you will have it. All right. Also, okay another month that we have apparently it's black august i don't know if you saw this on twitter but i saw it on twitter it's a movement for black lives and black august is a month dedicated to learning about black revolutionaries and honoring their struggle against white supremacy colonialism capitalism and imperialism today we follow the footsteps of black radicals in the fight for liberation so black august august happy black august y'all didn't know that was a thing. I'm glad it, we know it's a thing now. So, listen. The more you know. Ding ding. Where's the the rainbow with the star? Come on. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I'll yes, yes, I'll yes. link all those little followings that we have, and it will be linked in the little section, you know, around wherever it is. <laughs> but yeah, we think mm-hmm. it's really cool to have that every month. So we'll let y'all know in the beginning of the month how y'all feel about that. But all right. Anything else that you weren't ready for? Yes. Uh, you know, I I kind of feel like that's it. Anything else will come up, but those were really the big things. So in short, I feel old and <laughs> I was so happy to sit in nature. Um, I definitely actually did call my sister, who is my nephew's mom. And once she woke up, because I think I woke up out of my woke her up out of her stomach back, she was fully awake and I was like, Oh, she was like, Shut up, Drew. Lost it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Sounds about right. But you know what? It's all going to come back to me if and when I choose to have kids because when they turn 60, I know she's going to do the same thing to me. No, literally. But that's what siblings are for. <laughs> but anywho. I mean. Yeah, no. I'm just, you know, chilling. All right. Chilling for real. Well, we can just jump into stuff. Yes. So, uh, man. <laughs> It's just really getting frustrating, y'all. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, where do we even begin? Okay, so we have uh, the birds flocking again. Oh, God. What was her name? I don't even know that girl's name. There we go. Yes. I thought she was canceled before for doing something dumb. She's been canceled that was a my thing. book. Yeah, mm. like, I, like... I don't know if cancel is the right word. I I stopped supporting her a few months ago, maybe like over six months ago, I think, when there was this thing she had like recorded herself. She was on a plane with someone who I think was like Middle Eastern. I want to say they were maybe I Arabic. remember that. And mm-hmm. they, I think they were wearing like more traditional cultural attire, and they were speaking Arabic. And mm-hmm. she like complained and got them kicked off the plane because she didn't feel safe, like. I the xenophobia that. was so disgusting and it turned me off because the one thing is as black people yes anti-blackness is rampant in every community and we do bear the brunt of that in in any space because nobody wants to be like us so everybody distances themselves from us while appropriating our right. culture might I add but just because people are racist toward us and anti-blackness is rampant all over the world that doesn't give us the right to be xenophobic or harmful to other people or you know to really um hold and act on these prejudices that we may have and so right that's something that i i feel very strongly about um so yeah i thought that was disgusting and that's when i stopped supporting her personally i never supported her <laughs> I mean, I watched some of her. I never thought. I never thought she was funny personally, but when I heard that, I remember that story specifically. I was just like, "Why is she even relevant, y'all?" Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me personally. Mm-hmm. Because just like, why do people? Th- these are the people that somehow get propped up. It's always the ones that be on the ignorant ass shit, and then somehow they're the most vocal for something. And then they keep doing dumb stuff. And then it's just like, if y'all had stopped supporting back then, this wouldn't even be an issue now. But any hoosies, yeah. So the latest dumb thing she did, what was it? Make a skit about... How it went with Tori and Meg in the car. So she she made a skit joking about Meg getting shot and how she would react. And it was honestly so disgusting. Um, First of all, you saw that Drea did that last week. And you saw how people came for her and she got dropped from her sponsorships. Why on earth would you think it's any different? Like, literally, you know, it just, ugh. like, you, who ran that through? Like, who did you run that idea it's, by? Literally. <laughs> because that was not, it was less than Bro, a week away. Less really, than a week yes. ago. And the thing is, you sat there, you thought about it, you planned it, you filmed it. I know you had to watch it, and then you still decided this is okay. It was deliberate. And editors, too. Yep. Deliberate. deliberate. Intentional. Say with Intentional. Intentional. And that's the issue that I take with that. That's my favorite word. And, you know, it just, I think that as Black women, 
I think in some ways, first of all, I'm not excusing anything she did because she's a grown ass woman who should know better. Um, Facts. But, you know, I really just think that as Black women, we have internalized and become numb to our own violence that we joke about it. And it's not okay. You know, the only person Mm -hmm. that can ever, ever make a joke about that is Meg herself. Right. And it's not a joking matter. She is traumatized. Like, this woman really could have lost her life. And y'all are sitting here. Her whole life. Like, y'all are sitting here, like, laughing at it. Like, I don't understand. Like, it just, it's absolutely disgusting in any way, shape, or form you put it. I don't care what the joke is. I don't care to hear it. And, you know, the birds are flocking. They they really must have called each other up, Blocking. had their little meeting. And this is what it sounded like. <laughs> because they're fucking yep. mm-hmm. like, I, I don't understand. With nothing in, with no thoughts. Nothing going on. Just tweeting. Just tweet tweet all just day. Just, just fucking, yep. I, I don't nothing. understand it. Like Nothing of substance. That is some bird shit. Like, that is some bird ass shit. And Because ugh. for me, it's just like, as cis, as a cis black woman myself, even I just be sitting there and listening to other cis black women, I'm just like, are you dumb or are you stupid? Like, they really will sit there and internalize anti-blackness and this misogynoir rhetoric just to appease men. Of all people, men. Oh, I'm disgusted. God. Men, you go out of your way to appease a nigga that would literally not even piss in your direction if you were on girl. fire girl <laughs> and you would throw other black women under the bus make it make sense yeah? make it make sense because it's just like you doing all this stupid shit is who does that benefit because literally if you got shot the next day they probably literally sit there and take that clip and be like oh apply it to your life oh, but you know what no one's gonna look and check for you no one's gonna sit there and care mm-hmm. about your well-being the way that they have sat there and like ungendered Meg and like say she's like trans and all this other stuff how she's so big body and Tori was just defending himself and all these yo, other yo, first of excuses. all it's just like that right there what the fuck already like and <sighs> then you have the audacity to follow that up with skits and jokes about something that has traumatized this girl's life that she's made very clear that she's not funny. Oh, like she really got on the internet crying, telling people how she felt. And crying. she first of all did not have to do that. All she could she she didn't have to like at all see her. Like you nope. could tell that she was so heartbroken. She don't know, and you're still joking about it. Like that's not funny. But literally but, talked about what yep, we had just mentioned yep. on the podcast before about her family not having nobody in her corner wishing filling her, her space to trying to get that. that good energy. We called it. I will say that. We we did call it. Hey, listen to the episode, baby, because we said it. <laughs> Everything she said in that clip, we mentioned it. So Yeah, and I mean it's just it's sad. And but anybody with any level of empathy would understand that. Yeah. But continue. Sorry to interrupt. No, 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 you're fine. I mean so something, there are two things you brought up that I think are really important to talk about. Like the first is, yeah, it is internalized misogyny and that is how it operates. And the thing that I hate the most is that when you are oppressed, sometimes we so deeply internalize the systems that oppress us that we in ourselves, like that we in turn perpetuate them. And that does not excuse yep. anything that like Drea or Just Hilarious or anybody else, man, man woman, 
gender non-conforming individual has had to say about Meg in this situation. But I think that it's definitely a point where we can learn from the damage that's being done. And why did they do that? Right. And as a Black woman specifically, did you laugh at it? Why did you think that was funny? What about that made you laugh? I, like, I think this is a, a place where we can call ourselves in and really sit with ourselves and think, you know, about why we reacted the way we did, because it's not okay. Um, and then to the right. point about people purposely misgendering Meg, um, calling, yeah. saying that she's really a man, you know, there are so many things wrong with that. Um, and to talk about that takes a lot of nuance because first of all, people like, you are so misogynistic that you justify a man shooting a woman because you're like, well, yep. she's so beautiful. She must really be a man who had work done. And, 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 and first of all, first of all, first of all, first of all. What the fuck? Like literally what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> Second of all, anybody who identifies as a woman is a woman, period. 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 This is none of your fucking business. Third of all, like, I mean, Meg is a cisgender Black woman. Like, she said that. Like, yeah. She said, I'm a woman. I, I was born a woman. I'm a woman. She is a cisgender Black woman. So to purposely attempt to take away her womanhood, which is something that would not be done if she wasn't a tall, Black, beautiful, curvy yep. black woman and so even yep. in the thing like this is what we talk about when we say that people love black women well people love black women's features when they're not on black women because they like the attributes of black yes, women because nobody is going to sit here and call kim kardashian a man a nobody man. is going to say kim k was born a man but you say meg was even though right. meg has naturally what kim k paid for which is the case with most black women literally and it Literally. is so sad because black women cannot be seen as soft or delicate or deserving of protection because men are and fragile. Honestly, I would like it. I want to take that. Are, see, the thing is about this episode is really crazy is that we said we've only had nine episodes before this. And so many of the things we had already spoken about Coming are coming right circle. back. <laughs> Let, let's take it back to episode two. <laughs> either two or three, when I literally talked about how Black women were excluded from femininity, from femininity yes. off rip yep. just by existing as Black. But you and know what? Woman. The reason that we were is because white women and white men yep. decided that white men were too, that white men too poorly controlled themselves and saw Black yeah. women. See, really, black white men saw us as hyper-feminine because of our curves and everything else but to curb that yep. and to stop their wives from being pissed off because they weren't mad about raping us or calling us bed lunches or anything else it was more of the fact that oh we need to protect the ego of the white woman how fucking yep. sick in the head do you have to be to be jealous of a woman who your husband rapes and tortures getting tortured and, and forces birth by like how how sick in the head yeah. do you have to be so so those are the reasons that and, black women were excluded from femininity and and another thing was i remember there was this poem i would have to find it i swear if i'm finding it, i'm gonna link it in our twitter page and you should follow us up i'm not ready pod hello but 
it was literally about how black women were seen as property yep let's start there blackness was considered property for a long period of time and then people just expect that property is somehow supposed to fit the exact mold of femininity that wasn't even made for you think about how would it make sense that black women will come from literally as as you said before ben wenches and slaves and well enslaved people we're gonna put some respect on their name and all those things but then expect them to fit the exact mold of femininity that was never made for them and then it's the same people that the femininity wasn't even made for trying to impose the femininity on other women. Yep. Make it make sense. And it doesn't. Someone explain it to me. And it Because doesn't. how will I, I as a black woman will never fit the mold of femininity. Ever. Ever. Only off the strength of me having dark skin, love. Having Negro mm-hmm. nose and lips. <laughs> like, Hello. So it just, like, the whole thing about misgendering Black women has already rooted from a long, long time ago. So to bring it back and to be manifested through violence as well, that's what justifies violence against Black women, cis or trans. Yep. Against all Black women. So perpetuating against all Black women and femmes. Yeah. Because for non-gender conforming femmes too, that could affect them as well. So it's just like... Why even waste your time perpetuating so much bullshit when you can just be like, I'm so sorry that this happened to you. I pray for your best. Move on. <laughs> Joke about some other dumb shit. Yeah. Because those niggas don't even be funny. Like, oh my God. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Mm. They just be, mm-hmm. And other niggas that were getting me upset, if you want to move topics. Let's go ahead. <laughs> the Latinx community loves. We have to have a sit down. Because y'all were really showing y'all asses two days ago. This is Sunday? Maybe two to three days ago. Because my God, what the fuck? So basically what was happening was that Latinx people, well, this one Latinx person made a tweet about how Latinx people weren't getting enough nominations and juxtaposed that next to Black people getting nominated a lot, which implied that Black people are taking up a lot of space and not letting Latinx people have space in Emmy nominations and, you know, like, things like that. Mm -hmm. And then tweets under it were like, well, why would you sit there and say that it's Black people's fault? Because that doesn't make any sense. And then literally someone, I don't remember, it was that girl from Orange is the New Black. She was literally like, well, they only fight for us. Like, they only fight for themselves. They never fight for us. And they never stick up for us to make way for us as well and all this other bullshit. Girl. And non-Black Latinx people were eating it up. They were really eating it up. And literally saying like, there hasn't been any Latinx person that's been shown and getting nominated for Emmys and blah, 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 and representing us in the same way. And we were just like, a Latinx man an Afro-Latino man just won an Emmy last year? Literally? What? Where were, y- where were y'all for that? <laughs> because when I was on the TLA that day, all I saw were Afro-Latinx people and Black people turning up for him. I didn't see no non-Black Latinx people popping up. Nowhere. Mm. But they're the main ones talking about, oh, there's no representation for us. There's none of this for that. Every time the Black people show up, they take up all the space for all the Black, for all the people of color. And, you know, the saddest thing is, 
you know, it it's one of those situations where it's like, why are you upset with us when we fought tooth and nail for this just as you fought for it? When you should be upset with the people who are the gatekeepers. We're not the gatekeepers. And if anything, because we've done it, you can do it too. But I mean, that's honestly essentially like how capitalism works and how Literally. people are wealthy because there, there's this, this really good example that's been around for a long time. And it's like, there's a white man, a black man, and a Latino man who are at a restaurant. And the white man goes up first and there's like enough food for like 500 people. Like the white man goes up first and takes like everything, like 99% of everything. And then the black man and the Latino man are behind him and then he goes to the latino man and he says hey the black man's trying to take your food when there's only a crumb left and he's already taken everything yep like what we are not the enemy facts that's that's literally the whole trope that's the whole motif they literally try to play it in such a way where it's always the degenerate group yep. Or the minority or marginalized group as the yeah. cause of problems. But it's scapegoating. Because black people are always the scapegoat. Yeah. And, and if there's not a black person, of around, it's the person who's got an LGBTQ plus identity or another person of color. Yep. Or someone who has both. Because or what the we disabled person. Intersectionality. And hey. it just, it's, it's so bad. Like, I really don't think that there is, there, first of all, there's not space for us to be fighting each other um, while we're doing, right. you know, any of this. Like, there's not space. You know, we, we really need to be working together. But the issue is that every time Black people succeed in something, it can't be the issue about what about us. But the real problem, right? the real problem is that a lot of Latinx people don't see Afro-Latinx people as Latinx. And Afro-Latinx people are sweeping these awards, doing what they have to do, but because you're stuck in your racist, anti-Black, and colorist ideologies, you don't see that as a win for your community. You see that as a win for a Black community. Hello. When that's really a win for both communities. Yup. Like, that's the issue. Speak on it. And it's Mm -hmm. so sad. Like, you really have to decolonize your mind and get rid of your colorist ideologies. Because why is Lupita Nyong'o only claim to be Afro-Latina because she's been great. Why did you not claim before? I didn't even know this was a Mexican until this week. I didn't know. Yep. Yep. I was like, you Mexican. I thought it was mm-hmm. a typo. Mm-hmm. First, of, and all, the- first <laughs> of all, I just want to take a break and say I would have loved to eat at her house growing up because Mexican food and Kenyan food, bomb. African food in general, Probably hit. bomb. Mexican food, hit. bomb. I just want to hit. say that. But anyway, you were about to make a serious but, point. Uh, I had so many points and they just skipped my mind. One point. <laughs> what really got me about that article was like sharing the piece of the pie. And that's what really got me on Twitter. Basically bouncing off of what Drika said. Niggas that are also minorities will sit there and fight for crumbs. Why are you sitting there trying to fight for this tiny sliver of pie that Black people finally got? Instead of the 97% of the fucking pie owned by white people. And I'm just going to take a minute. Mm. Hello? You know why? Because they don't want to dismantle whiteness. They don't want to dismantle the capitalism that they could benefit from at certain points because they can slip past and pass for whiteness. Period. They don't want to dismantle that. They just want to make more space for them that are also Latin. 
and let the black people have less. But listen, when you said crumbs, you're gonna hate this. But Drake said it best. All you niggas fighting over crumbs, where the bread at? Where the bread at? White people's house. That's where it is. That's where the bread is. That's where the rest of the pie is that y'all want to sit there and have pieces of instead of beefing with us for our little slice. You should be beefing with them the same way we're still beefing with white people to give us more representation. But you like know what? what? The, the issue is we do not have to fight each other. Literally, our oppression is tied together. Black people cannot be liberated is. until black trans people are liberated, until trans people yep. everywhere are liberated, until other people of color are liberated, until the disabled people are liberated until people who are cast out by society are liberated. Our liberation is tied together. So and that's for you to fight of... us for getting our freedom, you should be fighting with us because we're fighting with you. Every time a black person Back. does something, like, I have never, and again, we're not all a monolith, and I am not a poster child for black people. Let, let, let me just say that. But most of us, when we win, we just want everybody else to win. Like I, yeah, specifically me, Drika, a black woman, Never want somebody else to struggle the way I've struggled. If I'm in any situation and I'm struggling, if you come after me, especially if you're a person of color, especially if you're a woman, especially if you have another marginalized identity, I identify with you more because I know how hard it is to get somewhere. I just want to see you succeed. Yep. Because there's never a time where I'm going to go somewhere and I'm going to reach this height or I'm going to get to this pinnacle or I'm going to get to this point and I'm not going to turn around and reach back and give you a hand and help you there. The issue is people don't realize that we can't fight each other and win. Because the thing is, that's like, that's the doctrine. That's like what's indoctrinated when we are Mm -hmm. living in this country. This country is based off the idea that you're supposed to fend for yourself. The only niggas that you're fending for are the people immediately around you. Yep. You don't help other people around you because they, if you work that as hard as you did to get where you are, they could do it too. And that's why people of color non-black people of color specifically benefit of the minority so the only reason to keep niggas in a shitty place is so they can look good that's literally it but so why would they want to break that up why would they be fighting for black liberation when they benefit from us being in shitty places yep yep and that's why a lot of people don't a lot of black people do not fuck with people of color thing they like separate us because y'all niggas be acting the fuck up and then black people you know, they say black yeah. people and people of color because y'all yeah. be some of the main ones oppressing us. But at the same time, even though there are evidence of that, there are people within those communities that understand that benefit and understand their privilege in that. And then they like come back and be like, no, like they've started to having those conversations with their parents. They started to unpack why they are benefiting from anti-blackness, why they're benefiting from racism and all those things, you know? Even if it, yeah. their benefits are fake, and their ceiling is like, it's like a glass ceiling, essentially, for them, too. So it literally makes no sense. But also touching back on my point, I really love the point that you made about how they do not see Afro-Latinx people as Latinx people. Because that is the main thing. Yeah. That is the main thing. They do not see them as Latinx people because they are Black. Mm-hmm. Because they see, because they do the same shit that Americans do here. They see the African Latinx people have good music, good food, all the benefits of living in that country, all the cool things, the pretty things, the colorful things, the creative things, probably all come from Latinx people. Where, where are they? Slums, yeah. poor, sad, and then all the rich white ones, where are they? At the top with the most money. Like, I don't think there's a single Latinx country that I can think of that isn't tr- starting to have their own black liberation movement because of all the stuff that's happening here. 
because they're seeing how shitty they're treated here and they see us now starting to move and mobilize and they're just like we can mobilize too i know for a fact peru had one i know colombia had one i know brazil is currently having one brazil has the most black people outside of africa brazil would anybody have known that no (laughs) because of who was the face of brazil white portuguese anglo no one would have known that and it's really crazy because that's exactly what they want you to think. They want you to see Latinx people as the white Latinx people. That's why no one thinks that you can be black and Latino. People think Latino is a race. Like, it doesn't make any sense. So it's just like, back to the tweets. You Latinx people were showing y'all ass. First off, mobilize your own people. Start there. Mm. And second off, get your anti-blackness together before you start hopping on talking about no Latinx person has been nominated. Because Latinx people have been nominated. They just don't look like you. And I wonder how they felt when all this time they had to put up with all y'all white pasty asses representing them and doing a shitty job at that. So, I mean, I'll say this. I just think that this conversation is one that can so easily divide people. And that's tempting, but I really hope that people use this opportunity to see that together we're stronger and together we're better. However, you know, the brunt of that, again, is not on the people who are the most disregarded. I don't think that that's the job of Afro-Latinx people. And quite frankly, I'm not sold on the fact, I I don't believe it's the job of Black people. It's the job of the people who benefit from distancing themselves from their Black counterparts and and still people of color. Why are the people affected by the problem trying to destroy the shit? Why won't the people that built this shit destroy the shit? They have the tools to build it. They have the tools to destroy it. So why are we sitting here trying to do it with nothing in our hands? That makes no sense. At all. Mm. And yeah, I just completely agree. It's It's not the job of that. And also, touching on the divisive thing, I firmly believe that anybody, when a marginalized group is trying to have their point heard anybody that says that their point is divisive doesn't want their liberation does not want them to benefit because for you to hear a complaint that something is affecting them in such a way that is literally leading to death poverty struggle crime Mm -hmm. and your initial reaction is to oh we'll get to that later what you should be focusing on is our issue right here because you know what happens when you do that that issue that you push to the side never gets addressed. It's still going to be a rampant issue. And that's the same thing that happens in the Black community all the time. When Black women bring up their the domestic violence they deal with, the death that they deal with, the trauma that they deal with, the cis-hetero Black men that are in the face of it don't ever want to do any, don't want to do any of that work to try and build that up, to fix that, to patch that. The LGBT Black people that sit there and talk about how they're violently getting killed every day for just being gay or trans or whatever, when you bring that conversation up, the cis Black people, they're like, don't talk about that now. The straight Black people, don't talk about that now. We're talking about this right now. Let's fix this first, then we'll get to your issue. I'm fully convinced when people say that you're trying to be divisive, you don't care. You don't care. Because if an LGBT person came up to me and they said, this is what's happening between cis women, 
this is what's happening with how cis black women are treating uh, trans or non-binary black people. I'm not gonna sit there and be like, we'll get to that later. Cause you don't care. Mm-hmm. I would sit there and be like, okay, I'll make a mental note of that. I will make a conscious effort to not do that. Or I'll make a conscious effort to stand up against that. That's all you would have to do. Just incorporate it into your plan you already have. But you want to pull the divisive stuff because you don't want to work on it. Because you, hello, let's get keyword here, benefit from the oppression of others. Yeah. That's the same thing with Latinx people. Latin people, they benefit off the oppression of their Afro-Latinx community. Period. So of course they don't want to fix that. Mm-hmm. So when they eventually get that shit together, that's when shit will actually start working out because you cannot, no liberation will happen if the people at the bottom of the totem pole are not being liberated too. It will never happen. Right. <laughs> it literally will never happen because all those oppressive things usually are trickling from white supremacy. Right. <laughs> Misogyny comes from white supremacy. Homophobia and transphobia comes from white supremacy. And all the other phobias and isms and all that shit all stem from that. So if you're not destroying all of it, you're not going to get what you want. Whether you're cis, straight, gay, not, all of that shit. So. It just never ends. (laughs) It just really never ends. And that's what really gets me about it. Yeah, it's a struggle. I mean, that's literally how insidious white supremacy is. Because anti-blackness and colorism are both Mm -hmm. agents of white supremacy. And, you know, it's sad. It's very sad. Um, That's how it is, though. And, you know... It's going to take a lot to change. It's going to take a lot of effort to change. But again, the onus of that is not on the people who are the most oppressed in that. You know, of course we have to fight for our own rights and our way of life and everything like that. But it's not just our job to fix it. It's not. Like a lot of people say, it's not Black people's responsibility to fix racism. It's not... Cis people, it's not trans people's jobs to stop the violence against trans people. Nope. What sense does that make? Like, <laughs> none. None at like, all. Do you just want me to stop existing? Like, too fun. That's, yeah. li- that's literally what they want. That's what people want. Like, that's how they want racism and all the isms and phobias to disappear. Just stop existing in that and you will be fine. And you know what? And the thing is, so you will funny. You won't. Because honestly, if every single black person disappeared off the face of the earth, racism would still be a thing and anti-blackness would still be a thing. It would just be targeted as a different group. Yep. Because like you can't like you can't sit there and benefit from xenophobia. That's the same thing that happened to Asian people when all the COVID stuff started happening. When they were starting getting targeted for all the xenophobia, they were mad quiet when no one else had to say anything else about other groups of people. But when it started targeting them and they started feeling the brunt of xenophobia again, that's when they're like, racism is so bad. All this stuff is so bad. Why are people not fighting for us? And it's just like, girl, if anything, a lot of the Asian community be very mute when it comes to a lot of other issues. Because again, 
that model minority status. They don't want to lose that. They won't want to risk or jeopardize that. So why would I jeopardize my bag by saying things are wrong until it gets to me? And then it's like, oh, oh, so this is what they're talking about. And it's like, yeah, that's what we've been talking about for years. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Isn't that crazy? Hmm. Oh. <laughs> of you. You know, and I hate that other groups have to experience such terrible things to see where we come from. Um, but I'll say that Again. sometimes if you don't want to open your eyes, life will force you to open them. Life will force Fact. them open. Um, for so, sure. and I and I think maybe it comes from a place of privilege slightly. Oh, absolutely. Like where we absolutely. where we speak from in the sense of understanding the complexities of you know these isms and phobias and whatever because we have education because we have the space to even think like that because we have the space and the growth to have the opportunity to read books and study all these things and be like oh this shit means one plus one does equal two like you know oh yeah a lot of people don't have that space to do that and it's frustrating because it's like what is the way for us to get to them and be like yo what you're doing is equaling to this without shitting on them coming off elitist trying to come off sound like they're smarter or better than them it's just like yeah that's a very good point i think you know you have to constantly check your privilege when you're trying to dismantle systems and when you're trying to get other people on on board with you and so yeah right we do have a lot of privilege in that um at the same time i agree with everything you said um but, you know, I don't think I really, like, well, let me not say I don't think. When it comes to asserting myself toward other people, I don't care. If I'm talking to another Black person or explaining that, of course I'm going to check my privilege and be kind and use my words. But if I'm talking to somebody who's actively trying to oppress me, it's not my job to stroke your ego. I'm going to say what I have to say, and I'm going to use the privilege that I have to say it and to do so because I think that for those of us who are privileged, that's how we're supposed to use our privilege. Um, so yeah, right. that's really what I got. That's all I got. I say. mean, that's just that on that. And it's one period. I think for me, I think it's just understanding. That for me, when I think of privilege, I always thought that privilege means giving space to others, where majority of people that look like you take up space in. Mm-hmm. So I always saw myself hearing what other people are saying and just being like all right I know I'm going to change certain action by myself but I'm also going to give this person the room to say what they need to say because a lot of the thing is about being privileged is just being heard you know so yeah it's just it's a difficult space to go through and I feel like we should have an episode on that well I already know we could have an episode on capitalism it's gonna have to happen oh god (laughs) It's going to have to happen, and the way our phones are going to catch on fire, like, because we're going to be spitting, girl. <laughs> Just remember, y'all, but I feel like it does. that we... this is something I've wanted, <laughs> not I. Not I, said the fly, not I. But I feel like you bring it up so naturally, though, because you are the one that brought up the capitalism part. I mean, it's and that's the fact. Really a lot of it is. <laughs> it's all rooted in capitalism. If we bring it real, yeah. And 
again, I don't think we have different views on capitalism. I think our views are fairly similar in regards to it. I think the way we express oh, it is just yeah. different. That that's really it. I think we we don't typically I have think that's different, really it. different views on a lot of things. I think our approaches are very different. I think I'm yeah, because if <laughs> if you thought we had different politics and we'd be doing the same podcast, I'm not that type of girl. <laughs> I don't think she is. I'm not. So, there are very few things. Like, there are some don't... things that we could disagree on. And I'm fine. Um, but yeah, no. I think that oh. my approach to a lot of things is far more diplomatic or thoughtful. And you're like, burn it all down. Get the guillotine. The thing is, yeah, people think, I think I give off slightly anarchist slightly? views. But I, stop it. But I don't think. Coming from the person who said, okay, continue. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, you're right. But the thing is, I don't like to claim things that aren't on my name. Okay. But, (laughs) you know, but it's just that for me, I feel like I used to be that, as I've said before. But I think I've just also reached the point where it's like, I'm not explaining shit, especially to white people. You know, I'm just not doing it anymore. Not the right to stop explaining. And that's and that's. Lingo. I'm sorry, I thought out loud. We can get that uh, later. Did you see that? Yes, thing? yes. Did she you need to just stick did to you her see that thing on kombucha. Twitter? That kombucha girl. She needs to stick to drinking her fucking kombucha. Like I don't ever you know, in your life fix are... fix your lips. Don't ever. You know what? Never mind. Let me not get in trouble. Let me take a deep breath. See. This is why gatekeeping needs to cultural things. Because the thing is, people are so disillusioned, disgusted, and distanced from Black people that they take vernacular that we have had for decades upon decades. And choose to say it's Stan Twitter. It's Stan lingo and Twitter lingo. I'm speaking in internet. No, ma'am. That's a black scent. You're, You're speaking in talking A-A-V-E, like a black person. And you literally have no context mm-hmm. for what it means. You use it incorrectly. Right. A cis finna drown in these yep. edges. Ooh, sis. Sis, it's, uh, it's on site like fleek. Girl, what? That video, that it's page, so there's like that page it's, that's it's ran by a white person. That talks about how people use it wrong. I thought I heard it that. I don't know if it's true. Niggas just can't have like, nothing. I just want to say, literally, literally, that video is the epitome of cultural appropriation. That's literally the epitome yeah, of both. whiteness right there. That's exactly how white people think. White people literally, it, it's colonialism yes. in modern day. They literally sit there and they'll Is lingo colonialism a thing? Be like, because that oh, is lingo colonialism. Did I just did coin that? make it a thing? Oh, I think we did. <laughs> Wait, let me go to Google. Colonial... What did we say, Liz? Colonial? Give me a second. I think that's not the right root for uh, language, though. Lingo colonial language? <laughs> Colonizing language. That's what I think. Because it literally is. They will literally stumble upon something that's existed for years and sit there and be like, oh, it's this now. Who said that? Huh. These words didn't just come well, I don't from see nowhere. It. It's and not a word. To... So, lingo colonialism we made it is... Up. The process by which those in a position of power colonize the language in terms and vernacular of a group with little to no power and coin it as their own or coin it as being distanced or disjoined from the body that originally created it. There you go. Citation. Slap. I'm not ready podcast. Follow. Parentheses 2020, comma. I don't know. Shit, I don't know the APA for that. That don't finna be up 
on Urban Dictionary. Check it out. Gonna it's going to go be Google? there. And <laughs> I was going to say, not. I'm not that effort. Um, we'll see it on Twitter. And if someone tries to colonize our thing we just made up, you'll know where to find it. It's here. It's on recording. White, we hear you. We know where it is. <laughs> but yeah, girl, that's all I have to say. <laughs> Man, I, I don't want to go take a nap. <laughs> Girl, well, we can end it right here. We can go do that. But thank, thank y'all you all listening. so much for listening. This- uh, as always, we appreciate you. Us. We see you. We love you. Yes. We hold you close and affirm you in all of your identities. Um, Hello. And we're sending you virtual hugs, but only if you want them because consent matters. Consent. Yes, ma'am. See Bye. you later.